Grace and mercy and peace belong to you. From God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The man had never seen his wife. He had been blind for decades. But then one day, a a doctor talked to him about a new technology that the doctor thought, thought perhaps might fit the particular cause of this man's blindness. It was a special set of glasses, very thick, quite expensive, but they had helped with a good number of people. A film crew was there as he tried them on. The film is now on YouTube. The man sat in the doctor's office after a lot of adjusting and and preparation. The doctor placed these special glasses upon the man. At first, he could see that there were letters on the opposite wall in the doctor's office. Then someone handed him a picture of his mother, something he had not seen for years and years. He watched a football game, his favorite sport, and being able to see it and not just hear it astounded him so much he was absolutely speechless. But the most moving moment, when he saw his wife, you are beautiful to me, he said. How the man reacted and how the man felt after decades of darkness and then being able to see images and shapes and faces and colors. What he felt and how he reacted truly went beyond words. The gift of Physical sight. What an extraordinary gift that God has chosen to give to so many of us for us to see around us. But as astounding as that gift is, there's another kind of sight that you and I and all need even more. And on the basis of God's word from John chapter 9, the Lord is going to speak to us about it this morning. John chapter 9. To understand the the setting here, we, we have to understand that by this point in Jesus' ministry, The religious leaders have built up a white-hot hostility 
towards Jesus. Because it was only in one, the previous chapter, John chapter 8, where Jesus confronted many of the religious leaders and he said to them, before Abraham was born, Abraham being a prominent member of God's people centuries and centuries before in the Old Testament, Jesus said to them, before Abraham was born, I am. And those religious leaders knew precisely what Jesus meant, that he was claiming to be God, and they were ready to kill him on the spot. But now we are in the next chapter, shortly thereafter, in John chapter 9, and John records that as Jesus is walking along with his disciples, he sees a man who has been blind from birth. And as you read the text, it, it, it's quite interesting to see the contrast between Jesus' reaction and the disciples' reaction. Jesus looks upon this man as a precious soul who needs help. The disciples look upon this man as more of a, a, a problem to be solved because they turn to Jesus and they ask, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This was a common misconception in those days that if something bad happened to you, well, then it must have been because of something bad that you did or maybe something bad that somebody in your family did. That notion, by the way, continues into today. But Jesus replied, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then Jesus goes on to speak of the great urgency that he has in his ministry while he is here on this earth. He says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then with that, Jesus spit on the ground and, and with the saliva that he spit on the ground, he, he formed a, a, a little bit of mud. And then he daubed the man's, the blind man's eyes with that mud. And then he told the man to go wash his eyes out in a nearby pool the, in Jerusalem, the, the pool of Siloam. And the man did. And as soon as he did, he could see. He could see. Word about this miracle got around quickly. And it wasn't long before a number of people, for whatever reason, escorted this formerly blind man to the religious leaders. And the religious leaders began to grill him a, a, a little bit. Now again, you have to understand the context. Jesus chose to heal this man, to give this man his sight. It happened to be on a Sabbath day. Sabbath, God had set that aside in, in the Old Testament as a day for people to rest from their work, an opportunity to meditate upon the Word of God and to be refreshed. But over time, many religious leaders had decided to add 
more and more and more rules around the concept of the Sabbath day so that even helping someone out, they would declare was a work and a violation of the Sabbath. And so they, they asked this man, how is it that you receive this sight from Jesus? And the man was straightforward. He said, well, he put mud in my eyes. He told me to go wash, and I did. Now I see. Well, some Pharisees decided, well, this Jesus must not be from God because he has violated the Sabbath. He did something on the Sabbath day. Other Pharisees said, now wait just a minute. How, how can a sinful person do such miracles? And so there is a division amongst these Pharisees, amongst these religious leaders. And so they, they turned once again to the man who had been born blind and could now see. They asked him, well, what say you? What, he's the one who gave you sight. What do you think about this, Jesus? And the man simply and bravely said, he's a prophet. And when the man said that, the religious leaders went ballistic on him. They said, you're born in utter sin. How dare you lecture us? Even though they just asked him for his opinion and he just gave it. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out of their presence. Well, Jesus found out about this. A little bit later, he caught up to the man. And he asked the man, do you believe in the Son of Man? Jesus used that title, Son of Man, because it was a title reserved for Messiah. The man replied, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And then the man replied to Jesus, Lord, I believe. And so Jesus, using his power as the Son of God, had given this man physical sight. But then, through the power of the gospel and his Holy Spirit, he had also given this man spiritual sight. So that now, by God's grace, he could see Jesus as his Savior from sin. Brothers and sisters, the great blindness of the Pharisees, the great blindness of those religious leaders, was the presumption, the presumption that they did not need a Savior from sin. And because they were steeped in the darkness of that presumption, they then went on to assume that they, could, they saw everything there was to see. Satan can use what we think we need. Satan can use what we think we need to bring great darkness into our own spiritual sight. 
After all, it's so easy for me, to, you and me, to slip into thinking that in this life, as long as I have some decent finances and as long as I have a, a, a decent job that pays the bills, as long as I have a fairly nice place to live, as long as I have good health, after all, everybody says, as long as you've got your health, you've got just about everything. As long as I have a little circle of friends, as long as I have a stable family, as long as I have a pleasant pastime, as long as I can enjoy a pleasant vacation once in a while, as long as I have a kind of a smart retirement plan, this is life. This is good. This is what I need. And while those are all precious blessings from a lavish God, Satan can use all of these things to hoodwink us into presuming that this is all there is to see. The Son of God saw us in our abyss, the darkness that surrounded us, the darkness of sin in which you and I crawled, and he chose to pierce the darkness. He came here, light of the world. He became one of us. On our behalf, he lived a life of light. The life of light that you and I were supposed to live, but instead we had fallen into darkness. And then he took all of our deeds of darkness, all of our failures of darkness, all of the ways in which you have you and I have drifted away from our relationship with God and all the moments that we have chosen darkness instead. And he carried them to Calvary's cross and there endured the outer darkness of hell until our every last deed of darkness was paid in full. And then three days in the darkness of the tomb, he raised himself back to life so that now through Spirit-created faith in him, we stand forgiven. We stand wrapped in his holiness. We bask in his light. We are his. Jesus is who we need. Jesus is who we need to see. And so our prayer, yours and mine, Lord, empower me to see you clearly amidst the dark distractions of this world and empower me to say with the man you healed, Lord, I believe. Amen.
May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.